John 14, verse 6. I, the Word, am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, He, the Word, is the way to go. It's the truth, and it is the life. If we are going in a way opposite to the word, then we are going the wrong direction. For example, if we are troubled while we're reading a secular book and we find we're disturbed by that book, that's not the way to go. Just stop reading it. I did that recently. I had ordered a library book on my Kindle. And I had an ebook version sent by the library. And I found about three days after I started reading it, I kept being troubled about something. And I said to God, what is it that's troubling me? And I realized it was that book. It had a basic theme, which I do not like. And that is trying to solve somebody's problems by a psychiatrist going back into their childhood. I just don't like that subject. I really think our problems are solved for us by God, by revelations from God about our childhood if needed. I found I was disturbed by the theme of that book. So I quit reading it and just deleted it from my Kindle tablet. Jesus is the way to go. If you have lost your peace over something, you need to be able to recognize what it is that's disturbing you. Ask God, why am I disturbed? What am I disturbed over? There are times we don't know. God is able to bring it to our mind and show us what it is that's troubling us. Jesus, the Word, is the way to go. Seeking peace, trying to live lives that are without spot and blameless, as the Apostle Peter told us to do. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. He told us, this is how we are to live as we wait for the return of Jesus. There are things that I just can't stand seeing on television, so I turn it off. Jesus, the Word, is the way to go. That's the truth. That's our life. And no man comes to the Father except by the Word, by Jesus. You don't come to God by Mohammed, by Buddha, by any other so-called God. There is one God, and that's the creator of heaven and earth, the Father of Jesus Christ. There's one way to God, and that is by the sacrifice paid for our sins by the blood 
of Jesus. Let's look at a few scriptures that we can put our faith in. The Word will never fail us nor forsake us. The Word in the New Testament Bible, in the promises of God in the Old Testament, will never fail us nor forsake us. The Word delivered by the Holy Spirit of God directly to our mind is the way to go. And it will not fail us. It's as much the Word of God as the written Word of God. They're both the Word of God equally. And they will not fail us nor forsake us. Philippians 4.19 God will supply all our need. Matthew 24.13 But he that shall endure to the end, whether it's the end of your life or whether it is the end of this world, he who endures keeping his faith in God in the promises of God from the New Testament scriptures and the Old Testament also. As we keep our faith in what God has said, we will endure, and he that endures to the end the same shall be saved. Here is a promise of God. Luke 21 Verse 14, settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before on what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Many times God has given me something to say that just blew them out of the water. One day I was playing golf with two women. One was a Methodist woman and the other was Church of Christ. The Methodist woman began complaining about people who judge other people. God gave me these words to speak, which I spoke. If you are judging that someone's judging, aren't you judging? It was like a pen had pricked a balloon with hot air in it. She went, <laughs> She was convicted of what she was doing. In 1982, God brought forth a spectacular word in response to the station manager of the Seattle radio station, where I was on radio. George had always been so supportive. He loved the messages I spoke. But then God gave me judgment messages to speak and showed me ministers that were committing sins. When I couldn't get the message to the ministers, such as Jimmy Swaggart and Jim Baker. When I could not get the messages directly to them, God showed me just speak them on your own radio broadcast from coast to coast. 
name the minister by name, tell of the sin. And so I did. Well, several stations put me off the air. About half of my stations put me off the air. Hate mail came in from church people all over. My own staff said they wished they could put a bag over their head so nobody would know they worked for me. I approached the meeting room in Seattle for the meeting for the radio audience. George, the station manager, was standing there at the door waiting for me. He had always been so friendly. This time it was different. He said to me, Joan, you have so many wonderful messages. Just speak those messages. If you continue to speak these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the air. Instantly, God gave me the word to speak to George. George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. A real minister cannot change the message. I can't speak an alternate message. I have to speak the message God wants spoken. Otherwise, why speak? I had a friend who said she was a prophet, and she told me, she said, I go into a church to speak, and they all just sit there and sleep. And I lead up to the message, and they stay asleep until I start the message. (laughs) And then they all wake up and get mad at me. (laughs) And I I just laughed because I can relate this so much. You may as well just start with a message. Cut to the chase. Don't try to lead into it and make it soft. Just speak it. If I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message, and I may as well be off the air. Luke 21, verse 33. Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So whatever words you've heard from God, from Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, the words in the Bible, they won't pass away. You can believe them. They are truth. Look at Matthew 6, verses 33-34. Jesus says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What do you want me to do about this situation? When we hear from God and we do what God says, our righteousness is of God because he authored it. He told us what to do. So seek his righteousness. And Jesus says, And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. So if you are thinking about 
tomorrow and what might happen. Turn to God in prayer, casting all of your concerns upon God, talking to him as you would speak to your best friend. Pour out your heart before God. James chapter 1 verse 5 is a wonderful promise of God to the church. If any of you lack wisdom, you don't know what to do about something. You don't know how to handle something. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. It shall be given to you. A promise of God. James 1.5 Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 Be sure you do this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7. You go through the day. Everything is fine. There are no problems. And all of a sudden, something happens. The problem pops up. What do you do about it? Turn to God. Oh, God, please help me. What do you want me to do with this situation? Prayer. Whatever the concern is. I had a very bad accident in the year 2018. I lived in Lubbock, Texas at the time. We only had one church member living in Lubbock. The church that I work with is a radio audience, and so it was scattered all over the United States. And there was only one other person that I knew in Lubbock who was the church. In the hospital, I was in a rehab hospital two and a half months after surgery. I would wake up that morning, and there I was. And what was I going to do with the day? I couldn't walk at all. What was I going to do all day long in that hospital room? I began praying, asking God to fill my day. And every morning I would ask God to fill my day. And the time just flew by. Something would happen. Someone would come into the room Something would happen, and the time would just flew by. And by 5 in the afternoon, when they were delivering the evening meal, I would sometimes be shocked. It's already 5 o'clock. God answered that prayer. Fill my day. And I still pray that. Lots of times I wake up and say, God, please fill my day today. Please give me the messages that you want me to give to the church. 
the messages of exhortation for the blog and the podcast. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1. Start at verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In the Holy Bible are given to us exceeding great and precious promises. They are our way of escape. And when we believe those promises and do the instruction attached to those promises, we have a great peace from God, even in the midst of trouble. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.